Hello, and welcome to FYI, the Public Library's podcast. Today, we are recording live from the PLA 2016 conference. Our guests are Sarah Lawton, Neighborhood Library Supervisor, Madison, Wisconsin Public Library, and Tarek Sukhoff, Neighborhood Resources Coordinator for the City of Madison, Wisconsin. Sarah and Tarek are presenting a program tomorrow entitled Engaged and Inclusive, Institutional Approaches to Racial Equity and Social Justice. You guys want to tell us a little bit about the program you'll be doing tomorrow? We are excited to be here at PLA, and we've been working for a while to address disparities, racial disparities that have been happening in the Madison community, and then how the city and the library have been working together to address these disparities in more of an institutional framework. Of course, there's a lot that can be done on a community building and community empowerment level, and there's a lot of work being done in Madison from the African-American community in terms of really coming up with community-based solutions to intractable problems. We have been working to make space for change within our institution and within the city government. This is an opportunity for us to work with our city, our county, our municipal partners to really try and change the process, change how decisions are made and how policies are um, replicated. I think we have an understanding that in many ways the racial disparities are created because the city and the um, governmental structures are working as they were designed to work. And so rather than trying to address these issues through just individual consciousness raising, we want to make sure that we are looking at, at the the larger and broader structural context for these issues. For me, so much of it goes down to kind of really just the basics around inclusion. And as Sarah was talking about, I mean, the extraordinary power of libraries to actually be these spots that bring community members together. And so as we continue to rethink what libraries mean and how they operate and exist outside of the walls of the institution themselves, how they can really play a really important part, not just in addressing the disparities themselves. I mean, that that in some ways is more challenging, but creating this environment where everybody can really feel like that space belongs to them. I work in the mayor's office and I coordinate uh, these interdisciplinary staff teams called neighborhood resource teams. This is one of the first ways in which the city was really working on racial equity. Part of the idea was really to take a look at these different areas in town, different neighborhoods, where we saw issues showing up differently. And what this really translates into with the racialization of poverty, not just in Madison, but across the country. With the racialization of poverty, we see high concentrations of lower-income folks, folks living with lower incomes in certain areas of town. Those most often tend to be people of color, tend to be renters, and most often are the folks that we haven't done a good job of engaging. The truth is we still don't do a very good job of talking and listening to everybody. And so a lot of it's been about tuning in, really understanding what are the needs, the issues and priorities for folks living in those areas, as articulated by them, recognizing the natural expertise that they bring um, on their lives, on their communities, and really trying to take that as a cue. So a lot of it's been about resource allocation uh, and a lot about changing just how we do business, how we approach things. And so beyond just that, uh, that organizational management tool of bringing together all these different silos of government. So we've got folks from the library, from police, from the planning department, community development. I mean, we've got reps across Mm -hmm. the board, but then also really making sure that we're working closely with other stakeholders in the community, including um, staff and community-based organizations, and most Mm -hmm. importantly, making sure we're connecting with residents from really 
understanding what's important to them. It seems like such an entrenched issue. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways you're tackling this? The neighborhood resource team and the library involvement with that structure has been really formative in terms of how we view our community. I think a lot of times libraries look at, you know, who is coming into our space, who are our kind of Uber users, who are the partners that it's maybe easiest to develop a program or a service with. And I think what the neighborhood resource team involvement and then also involvement with the Racial Equity Initiative has allowed us to do is really try and focus not on the people who are inside our spaces, the, the you know, the, the loudest voices in our community, but to really conceptualize our service area a little differently. So if we actually think about our services and our programs and just the library as trying to increase opportunity for people living in these neighborhood resource team areas, we can create opportunities for people all over the city. And so it's kind of recalibrated how we think about what we do. And I think in terms of our approach, you know, I think as a city, we really needed to take some time and develop training materials and to develop like a really firm understanding of the underlying principles of racial equity, and, and also to take the time to get really comfortable being explicit about race and, and really right. understanding that the racial equity issues can't be combined, you know, as kind of a generic social justice equity initiative that we need to focus on these unacceptable and intractable issues within our community. I and mean, we have a population, you know, where the disparities in Madison and in a lot of cities similar to mm -hmm. Madison, um, disparities are, you know, an incredible reality in, in many of our northern cities and in many cities where the story that people tell themselves about who they are would not really be reflected in, is not borne out by the data that, that you right. see in terms of people's opportunity. So our strategy has been about working in collaboration and, you know, in kind of common cause to develop the materials so that we have the capacity to really start moving this work forward. One of the things in the library, we've really had to stress the difference between equality and equity. Our profession is one that is really founded on equitable access to information mm -hmm. and on, you know, really making sure that information flows freely throughout um, society and that we're providing kind of a, an equal playing field in our implementation of that concept, we often go to inequality. So we're giving everyone kind of the same thing. Everyone gets the same kind of portion um, and we want to be consistent. We want to make sure that everyone who walks through our our doors has the same experience and we want to um, you know, really value that consistency um, of our service model. We really need to shift to thinking a little bit more, not that everyone gets the same, but that everyone gets what they need to, to create the conditions right. and the opportunity for people to achieve what they're trying to achieve in their lives. And that's a different frame. Like that doesn't mean that everybody gets the same thing. We're trying to create a system where people get the supports that they need to be able to have equal opportunity. Equity and equality isn't the same. Equality is what we talk about where like, well, everybody has access, but the truth is not everybody has access. The culture that we grow up in, that drives the narrative of this is what's normal. This is what every should, but everybody should be able to do. And the reality is we all come from different walks. We all have different cultures. And if we're not really recognizing those differences and working really proactively to make sure that what we're doing works for everybody with their differences, mm -hmm. then we're not. We're not getting it. Libraries are, of course, one of the key holders of our cultural right. narrative. I mean, we're, you know, we're in the business of stories. And... So if we're looking to change this story and to really kind of build the awareness that there isn't one story, that this white dominant culture is not the, the story of, of our society, right. we have to make space 
for multiple stories. And that's something that libraries do really well. And I think some of this work does require that we kind of step beyond our traditional ideas around neutrality and that we are not operating in a space that is neutral, that we are operating within a space that has a cultural dominance and that we need to recognize that and we need to create pauses and and, and slow down our decision-making structures so that we can actually start to consider some of the perspectives that just aren't going to walk in the door. We always say our our door is open and everyone can come in and everything's free and open to the public. But when we look at who's in our space, you know, it's very different to say the door is open and then to go out and to invite someone, you know, to come into your house. How can we re-examine our professional values? It's hard to recognize and really realize all the different factors that go into actually creating very different realities for folks of color and folks coming from other backgrounds as well. I think it's really hard to work on that without getting an understanding. So that's really fully the work of the Racial Equity and Social Justice Initiative to introduce racial equity into everything that we're doing, into how we do it. It's not just, it's not just the what. I think a lot of times we think about the what is, is important. What are you doing? What are you accomplishing? Mm-hmm. So much of it, it really becomes about the how. How are you approaching the work? Who are you including? How are you reaching out to folks? How are you getting participation in a different way? How are you engaging with folks? We understand that the idea of being uncomfortable is really, you know, we're, we're existing in that discomfort in a position of privilege, mm-hmm. you know, that there's a sense of urgency behind this work that I think training is part of that, normalizing the conversations. And then the other thing we've been working on in Madison is developing tools. Um, so not just creating individually based structures and change, but creating assessment tools. So if you think of like an environmental impact study that, you know, decision making and policy needs to have some accountability to racial equity and that we need to find the point in the process where there is a a possibility for changing the outcome and at that point really apply a set of questions uh, and and a process that is inclusive to other perspectives for really examining what could the unintended consequences be of this policy. Mm-hmm. You know, who is benef- who benefits and who might be harmed? And really kind of taking the moment and requiring that all of our departments and all of our decision-making is accountable to that sort mm-hmm. of a lens. How do we create broad social change? Do we do that by changing people's minds or do we do that by changing people's behaviors? Mm-hmm. If we change the rules of the game and if we change the way that people behave and the behaviors that are tolerated, then we can start to shift people's thinking and that really changing what we do will change what we think. The goal isn't to remove our bias, it's to figure out strategies to make sure that that our bias isn't what's creating our structure and guiding our behavior. We still have horrifying disparities in our community. We have not changed that. It will take years and years and years to create a different Madison. You know, equity is is what we're talking about. We're talking about racial equity. And, and this isn't a conversation that people can kind of choose to be part of or not be part of. I think as you move into public programs and how does the library kind of work on that kind of outside game or, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's about supporting the communities for whom these issues are the reality. And it's creating an environment where the community can really create their own solutions. And, you know, so so it's more about community empowerment. There's huge levels of discomfort all the time. Right. As we're trying to shift things to get a little bit more inclusive, to do things differently, yeah, it's going to feel uncomfortable. And if we're trying to focus, again, on making sure that that dominant culture is okay with everything, tiptoeing up to it. I think we're shooting ourselves in the foot right before we even begin. What 
made me think about being uncomfortable differently was being in a space with some colleagues who were saying, you know, being uncomfortable is something that is tolerable, but, you know, there are a lot of people, a lot of people of color who feel unsafe. And when I started to think about, like, what am I really afraid of? (laughs) You know, what's making me uncomfortable and what do I think is going to happen? I think it's possible to kind of shift how you view discomfort as, you know, and and how hard that seems once you start to kind of build the relationships around the work um, and recognize that that's going to be part of the conversation. I think it's where people start to feel like it's not about good people or bad people. It's kind of about people. We talked a little bit about quality and equity. It's also really important to think about how racism functions in our society. And we're looking institutionally at library and at the city, and we're trying to figure out ways to interrupt the gears churning that, that create these disparities. And it's important to understand our individual role in that, but also important to look at institutional structures of racism and then how the institutions working together can uh, can really create a, a structural um, issue. If we're able to get people beyond this place where, okay, it's not that I'm a bad person, I'm not the racist or, or whatever, it's just this is part of the environment that we're in. And we get past that state of it, stage of individual bias and we start looking at the institutional policies and practices that'll come out of, I mean, individuals create those policies, right? right? right. But it's stepping up to that next level, really starts to look at those policies that operate at, at the institutional level, so the level of the library, for example. What are the ways in which they're doing things? So this gets to the how that are creating barriers. When we think about that equitable access, which really means equal, are there things that are working better for some people and worse for others. And then as we take that up to the next level, as we think about schools and police and then the after effects of having criminal histories and how that starts to inter- interact with housing and, and everything else. I mean, this is where all these different policies within all these different institutions start conspiring together to create just the structural setup where it just flat out doesn't work. We kind of got to put our discomfort on the side for a second. Get hip to what's going on. This is the deal. Recognize we have our bias. Mm -hmm. Not have that be paralyzing. And move on up to the chain so that we can really get to working on taking down the fence. So that ultimately, it's not even a question of putting boxes under people's feet and Mm -hmm. propping them up. But it's just getting to a place where we all can actually participate. This seems really big. We've yeah. got there's this whole racial equity and social justice initiative. Mm-hmm. There are these neighborhood resource teams where they got staff from like 15 different right. departments. What's key within this is we're developing relationships. Mm-hmm. That's really important in terms of working with each other, working with members of the community, working with people that we typically don't work with. The whole crux of that racial equity tool, that analysis, Mm -hmm. comes down to taking an intentional pause, stopping for a moment, trying to tune in to what is it that we don't know, asking questions. I mean, librarians are great about getting curious. This is all about exploring Mm -hmm. the curiosity. What is it that I don't know? What is it that I'm not considering? And who can I find to really work as a partner with me on changing that narrative? And so when we're talking about racial equity specifically, the whole point of that tool is about making sure that we consider race, Mm -hmm. making sure that we're talking to folks, getting the voices of people that we don't historically hear from, thinking through what are the unintended consequences of what we might be thinking about, who does this work for, who does this not work for, it's this really elusive idea, how do I be inclusive, wait, how do I do that, I don't know how to do that, and every parent 
who's had a birthday party for their kid, <laughs> has a pretty good idea about how to make that birthday party work for the different kids that are going to be coming. How do I ask some of those questions? Where do I figure out what those questions might even be right. in terms of tuning into what I don't know? And then doing it differently, being willing to do it differently and learn. It's been really interesting to me to see how the neighborhood resource teams have worked within the context of the city taking much more of an overt focus on racial equity and social justice in general. So there's been a lot of investment, tens of millions of dollars over the past several years uh, that came out of recommendations that came from the teams in terms of we've got to adjust the parks over there, we need to look at traffic calming measures, we've got to look at bus service. As robust as our public participation is in Madison, we don't do a great job of actually talking to everybody. Mm -hmm. So this is about being very intentional about it. When we brought it all together, one, it was first it was just neighborhood resource teams kind of trying to get this and I think they they were operating doing things differently but as we started to expand that conversation on a much broader level through the larger racial equity and social justice initiative it was really interesting as someone who's pretty heavily involved with both the racial equity initiative has provided a lot of the training has provided some introduction of the tools and changing how we do it the NRTs have really provided that lab space of where people are doing it differently all the time and getting back to that idea of what really drives the changes in behavior is it changing thinking or is it changing the doing it's changing the doing you start doing it differently you start thinking about it differently and then you start doing it even more differently and you end up in this loop but really having that place where people can start approaching the work in a fundamentally different way uh, allows this world of change to happen and it's been so cool to see the nature of which that culture shift has taken as we put it all together where we've got the budget conversations last year as the head of engineering is talking about this project that came up through the neighborhood resource teams this major road reconstruction and it was about connecting people in neighborhoods to a park and it's just a new way of wit in which people are really connecting to the way in which they do their work it's not necessarily about more resources it's not necessarily about doing all this brand new stuff it's just changing how we work there are a lot of communities that have the political clout and have the participation madison is a very engaged community right. in a sense we have to create structures and processes that allow the voices that are not heard in our kind of traditional system to really have some some leverage and to drive some of these initiatives and i think in the past you know which which neighborhood gets the road reconstruction you know right. that kind of decision making framework might, you know, mm -hmm. we, I think the conversation has shifted and, and, and really a lot of that has been due to the fact that, you know, libraries and city engineers and metro transit and community development, we're all kind of working together at the table and, and creating a level of accessibility and and an expectation that we are not going to wait for people to come into the room, but that we are, we are by design there to serve a community that has not ha traditionally had a place at that table. Libraries are less about what we have for people and more about what we do for and with people. If that's our vision, then you know we have to kind of relinquish our control. We have to change our perspective and how we interact with the communities that that we're a part of. We do have a resource list that includes, you know, videos, books, you know, internet articles. One resource I think is incredibly helpful, um, the Local and Regional Government Alliance on Racial Equity has 
joined forces with municipalities around the country, and uh, their work is really about helping uh, communities to develop tools. So there's a lot going on, and there's so many libraries and organizations that are taking different approaches. Um, and you know, I find myself inspired by the work that's happening all over the country um, in communities all over. So I want to thank my guests, Tarek Saka and Sarah Lawton. Thank you so much. Yep, you're welcome. That's a lot of great information. Thank you very much. Thank you.